You're listening to a Better Mousetrap podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Dinnerstein. Every week, I bring you an important player in New York City's tech scene, and maybe as important, I also shine a light on the newest players. What each of them does matters. And with me today is Dan Meth, founder of Sit Parker. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, uh, in one sentence, it's a very short elevator ride. Right. What's the description of Sit Parker? Sure. I guess more like taking a, a single flight of stairs, right? Sure. Um, so, yeah, Sit Parker is smart event management software that helps restaurants, bars, event venues, and hospitality groups. Uh, capitalize on the potential and profitability of their private dining and private event business. I guess that was a longer flight of stairs than, uh, than initially uh, advertised. Yeah, could have been one of those, you know, Bojangles and uh, Shirley Temple going up the stairs and down, right. back down the stairs tap dancing. Right. <laughs> so uh, when did you found Sid Parker and um, what, what particular problem were you addressing? Uh, Sure. Um, so we founded Sit Parker uh, in January, late January of last year, so January 2018, um, and then we launched at the uh, very end of the next month. Um, so we're about 18 months deep at this point. Um, in regards to what particular problem we're solving, um, we found that for mid-market full-service restaurants, about 20 to 30 percent of their top line revenue was coming from um, large group reservations, private dining, or private events. Um, and the really cool thing about private dining and private events is that the margins are significant, significantly stronger than they are in traditional a la carte dining. Why is that? Um, well, because there is predictability. Um, there is advanced notification for you know kitchen staff, right? So you know exactly what sort of menus you're going to be offering, so you know how to order appropriately, so on and so forth. Um, also, because the the customer engagement is significantly longer, there's also a greater opportunity if upon to really upsell. Um, so yeah, it's a really margin-rich segment of, a, of a, a restaurant or an establishment's business, um, but we found that the vast majority of owner-operators and venues weren't really doing an effective or an efficient job of, uh, of really like milking that particular area for, yeah. for all it was worth. Um, we saw that there were a couple of tools out there that um, a number of groups were using to better organize that particular area of their business. Um, but we felt that, you know, by definition, a tool is only as good as the person using it. Um, and so we saw a great opportunity to leverage technology to take some of the responsibility and the load off the plates of, you know, your owner operators and your managers and your directors of sales and events um, to do things for them um, to, to make sure that, you know, again, that their private dining and private business was, uh, was as fruitful as it could be and should be. So how far along are you? Do, do you have traction? Yeah, uh, yeah, not far <laughs> along. So yeah, we, we have traction. We have uh, just under 70 um, restaurants up on our platform right now, all in the New York metro area. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess the most important thing is at the end of the day, according to our customers, it works, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah. It's, uh, it's what, been an interesting ride. Uh, what, what, what's the income model? And I get to, I 
get to say, is it a la carte or is it a subscription? Right, so, uh, <laughs> so we are a dual stream revenue model. Uh -huh. um, the pun did not go unnoticed. Thank you. Uh, I don't is, need approval, just <laughs> recognition. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, it's a monthly SaaS fee to, to our customers, um, a flat $355 a month SaaS fee. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the second stream, uh, which works out to be the more significant stream for us, is we, we charge a 3% event fee on each and every event that's managed through the platform, and that gets passed off directly to the, to the consumer, right? So if you were hosting you know, a business dinner, a sales dinner, or something like that, at the end of the night, you would get a check, uh, and obviously you'd be paying for all of your food and beverage, you'd be paying you know, local sales tax, uh, you'd be paying you know, whatever gratuity or service charge the venue uh, puts in place, and then also a 3% event fee. Um, you know, the most important thing for us was to we, we didn't want to draw blood from the proverbial stone, right? In the hospitality industry. Me, meaning the, the, the event venue correct, people, the restaurant. The right, right. So, sure. Um, the hospitality sector uh, holds a very you know, special place in my heart. Um, Why is that? Really, uh, I guess I'm just one of those guys that like every significant event and milestone um, in my life has somehow uh, revolved around a meal some sort of dining experience. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really appreciate uh, culinary arts for the art that, that it is. Um, I've worked in the hospitality world in you know, different capacities throughout my life. You and me um, both. Right? Uh, I've got you know, some of my, my nearest and dearest friends are either chefs or owners. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that world. Um, it's a really difficult world only becoming harder and harder to, to not only succeed, but to uh, sort of, uh, I guess, remain solvent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we didn't want to come in, and although we, we place a, a pretty high value on the, on the service, the product that we offer, we think that it's worth, um, we think that it's, it's worth a, a good amount of, of money, um, but we're also very sort of conscious um, and sympathetic to you know, the, the fact that a lot of these venues just don't have the ability to, uh, to shell out, you know, cash on a monthly basis. Um, so, uh, so that's why, you know, we, we wanted them to have some skin in the game. And we believe that, you know, our, our SaaS fee is, uh, is certainly fair, to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, but also from, from a unit economic standpoint, in order to make our numbers work, it's important that we supplement that, that SaaS fee. Something, something that occurs to me uh, that, that uh, just at the moment, do you uh, act as a portion of the restaurants, we'll call, say it's a restaurant, their website for taking in the information, or would you be the original landing point that then points to a restaurant? Right, so good question. Um, the answer is currently we are, we are purely B2B, right? So we sell our software directly into our customers and we put our API underneath their existing websites. Sure. Um, going forward, uh, we're, we're planning on building out a consumer-facing platform as well. So at that time, we would then be you know, the point of origination. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, we are just picking up and then servicing um, inbound interest that is coming through the, the restaurants mm -hmm. or the bars, you know, existing websites. 
Right, because I know there's been a lot of discussion about how burdensome the amount of money that a lot of these platforms for ordering right. food can be. And if you, if you are staying in the background as you are right now, right. Right. then uh, you're, not, you're not subject to that criticism. Right. You know, the other interesting thing uh, is that, you know, again, some of our competitors really, you know, like they, they advertise that they're going to drive additional volume, additional volume, additional volume. Um, and my opinion when we, when we launched Sit Harvard was that um, volume wasn't really the issue for a lot of you know, our customers. Um, conversion was the big issue, right? And so we said, let's make sure that nothing is slipping through the cracks. Let's make sure that each and every person that expresses interest in spending their hard-earned money at your venue has each and every opportunity to spend that money in your venue. Um, and then, you know, if you provide a superior customer experience, um, via osmosis, volume will follow. Um, but right now, let's make sure that we're adequately uh, servicing the existing volume before we start trying to, uh, you know, drive additional people towards these restaurants. Sure, which I imagine would have a different pricing structure. Correct. Correct. I know you've been fundraising recently. What's that process like? Is root canal better? Is a colonoscopy without uh, anesthesia better? It it never sounds like it's fun. Well, you know, I think that uh, I think that it can be a lot of fun, right? Um, what's it like? It, it feels it still feels a little unnatural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is this is my third business. My, my first business, which which I spent um, a little over a decade building um, prior prior to selling it, um, just sort of grew and expanded. Right? As we expanded into, into new regions and new offices and things like that, um, it was because revenue allowed, right? And so there was never any need to go out and bring in any sort of outside capital. Um, whereas in this particular space, um, you know, with my previous company and, and with Sipharper as well, um, we bootstrapped things as much as we could and as far as we could to the extent that we could. Um, but obviously there, there comes a Point where, in order to to really scale at the speed at which we would like to, and we really need to, um, bringing in outside capital becomes necessary. Um, I say it's fun because it, <clears throat> I mean, but I'm also the same kind of guy that said like a bad date is fun, right? Because like <laughs> you go into a blind date saying like this could go really, really well. Or this could just be a disaster, epic proportions. Uh-huh. But either way, I'm going to come out of it with a great story, right? And so I think that I don't know. Maybe I maybe I kind of like take the same approach with fundraising. Um, the first pitch that I ever made to uh, to to a well-established venture capital firm here in New York City. Um, this was with my previous business. I uh, I got stuck in horrible New York City traffic. Uh, well. Mass transit wasn't running, so then I had to drive. I got stuck in terrible traffic, and the traffic was so bad that in order for me not to be terribly late to the meeting, I couldn't stop for gas. And so, <laughs> so I'm driving up Park Avenue towards this uh, towards this particular venture office, and I mean it's and it's also like the middle of July, and it's 11 billion degrees outside, and uh, and I don't have the air conditioning on because like I'm just waiting. I mean the the fuel gauge is pinned to eat, right? And I'm waiting for the car just to die in the middle of the park. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking all sorts of crazy thoughts, right? Like, well, 
I don't have time to pull new apart in the garage because then I have to wait for an attendant to come and take out the license plate, give me a ticket, right? Like in every second counts. So maybe I'm just going to throw the car on the side of the street. And if it gets towed, it gets towed. I'll know where it is. I'll worry about it later, right? And then I will run up and I will meet this. Oh, and then I forgot. I get a phone call from the gentleman that I was going to be meeting with. And he says to me, uh, listen, don't worry about running late. I've got a meeting downtown. Why don't I just jump in your car and you can drive me downtown to my meeting and we can talk on the way down. And now I'm thinking like, well, oh shit, what, what am I going to do here? So that's when I thought, maybe I'll just ditch the car and I'll run up and I'll meet him. And I'll say like, okay, oh, let's jump in a cab, you know, my treat. And so as I'm looking for a place to, uh, to park my car, he comes out of the building, right? He spots me, he gets into my car. And the first thing that this guy does he puts the passenger seat all the way back, he puts his feet up on my dash, and cranks the air conditioning. Um, he, he was a bit of a, he was a bit of an asshole. Um, and, uh, and I said to him, I, I said, I don't know how to tell you this, I, I gotta get gas. And, uh, and he said, well, there's no gas in Midtown, right? So you're gonna drive me downtown, and then you can either go east or west, and you can find gas, you know, towards either one of the rivers. Um, and then, of course, there's like, you know, horrible traffic getting down to his meeting, and he's like, trying to tell me like, you know, shortcuts to take and I'm just like sweating bullets, just waiting for this car to run out of gas in the middle of traffic. Um, and uh, needless to say, I didn't, I didn't get any investment from them. But, but so that was like my first ever. Um, did, you, did you get him to his destination? I did. And so I dropped him off at the destination and then I, I, I shot west. I think that there's a gas station on like, what is it like 8th and Horatio or Hudson and Horatio? Uh -huh, uh -huh. like and as I was pulling into the gas station, the car ran out of gas. And I remember the attendant, uh, there was an attendant there, and he came over and he said, you have to pull to the other side. And I said, the car is where it is now. Um, so that was like my first ever experience um, pitching. Um, the next time I went and I pitched someone after giving like a six minute sort of intro about what we were doing, the, the gentleman that I was meeting with uh, took me outside onto the patio and he said, uh, let me tell you what I don't like about you. Um, so like those were my first two like official pitches. So you I know, after that, yeah, I was gonna say if you set the bar low enough yeah, to start, there. no, it's yeah. it's all up. Oh, right, right. It's it's all better. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know it can be frustrating because because it takes time, right? Not only does it take time, it takes time away from other things. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you yeah. because I understand how time consuming it is yeah. preparing decks, uh, rehearsing. Um, if you just had that money without the fundraising, what would you, <laughs> you know, there is a, there is a magic fairy right, right. <laughs> who does that. Right. Well, please don't, don't say anything about the magic fairy right now because I don't want the magic fairy to be inundated with, uh, with people putting in requests. You know, sure, right? but what would you be doing with that time? Otherwise, what, how would you be? Well, I, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty easy answer, right? Like I'd be focused on, I'd be focused on product. Product, focused customer on acquisition. On sales. <laughs> I mean, there, there are a number of other things that, that I could be, I would rather be doing with that time, but, um, but this is what we signed up for, right? And if done properly, um, I think that, you know, fundraising um, is kind of like a full-time job, at least for a, for a finite period of time. It really does require, you know, all of your attention, all of your focus. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's the nature of the beast, right? If you're doing something that needs money and you're not independently wealthy, um, you have to go find that money somewhere, and so it's a bit 
like I said, that dog and pony show. And, you know, you know why you're there, and they know why they're there, right? And so it's it's a bit of a dance. Every now and then, uh, I've been fortunate enough to sit across from from some really incredible, really intelligent, really wonderful people that uh, that ask like really appropriate, really tough, really pertinent questions that made me think a lot. We had a bunch of like really, really awesome conversations. Um, so not all fundraising is bad. Right. Right. Fun. Sure. Which is helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you typically get a bunch of no's, but, but again, like if you have thin skin, you can't take it. You notice this is probably not the uh, not the right world for you. Right. Right. There's always the post office. What's that? There's always the post office. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what's next for well, for, well how'd you come up with this name? Oh boy, how did I come up with the name? So uh, my my previous company, I spent a lot of time thinking about like a perfect name. Not only do you want a perfect name, you want something. Sure. Um, and uh, and so like over the course of six weeks, I just kind of like spit all names and words and fake words out there until something kind of worked. Um, and then a mentor of mine said to me, like, you do know that every minute that you spent trying to come up with a perfect name was a minute taken away from product. And I said, oh, that makes sense. And then he said to me, you know, like, Amazon, it's a great name, right? I said, yeah, it's, it's a great name. It's, it's a shit name. It's a great company. Right? Apple, great name, great name. Yeah, it's a shit name. It's a great company. Right? So like, what do you want to do? Do you want to come up with a cool name or do you want to go with a cool company? Um, so, so I remember that. And this time I was, I was working at home on Saturday morning. And uh, at the time, my, my older daughter, who's now three, she's younger, had a dog named Parker, a golden doodle named Parker. He was, uh, he was bothering my daughter and taking all her toys. And I was getting really frustrated with him, so I just found myself like yelling, Parker, stop. Parker, sit. Sit, Parker. Sit, Parker. And I was like, oh, I guess that, like, that kind of sounds all right. And then, of course, the domain was available, too. And then I said, well, that's what we can rebrand later on. But, but it kind of stuck, and now I kind of like it. And, I mean, it has nothing to do with right. the product. It has nothing, I mean, aside from the word sit. I guess people sit in restaurants and bars and stuff. Um, it really doesn't have anything to do with, with the space uh, in which we operate. Mm -hmm. um, but it's kind of fun. It's kind of unique. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I think it's kind of an interesting It's provocative. Story. Right, exactly. So so that's how we came up with Sit Parker. And, and, you know, like every time I go home at night, my dog comes over and lays his head in my lap and, like, looks at me with those sad eyes. Like, Dad, take me for a walk. Like, I feel unloved. I'm like, dude, I named the company after you. Right? What it's, more it's, do you it's want? Kind of, right, exactly. Like, it's got to find something. That's right. You give and you give, right. but exactly. where's the appreciation? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so that's where, that's where the, the name comes from. Well, um, What's next? What's next for us? Well, what's next for you, and then, and then, you know, how can people uh, get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, what's next for us? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, this Why? Summer, thank you. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I appreciate you reserving that question for me and not for anyone else. Uh, summer is a really great opportunity for us to, to sort of hunker down and focus on product um, because you know the the event industry um, is you know somewhat cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so July and August tend to be a little more quiet, and then, you know, things really ramp back up, you know, especially September through December, things are nuts, and then January is a little quiet again, and then February through, through June, um, things are, are jamming again. Um, so yeah, we, we've been spending a lot of time on, um, on building out our, our proper alpha product. Uh, up until this point, we've actually been serving, uh, or servicing all our customers on our MVP, which, uh, which is 
kind of cool, right? Like we had a we had a strong enough and solid enough MVP that we were able to uh, you know to uh, to bring on some some really strong customers and generate some some real revenue. Um, but now it's time for us to grow up a little bit and you know uh, leave the nest. So mm -hmm. we we've been focused on product. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, we we are uh, we're we're looking to close out our fundraising right now, and so uh, we've taken some time while it's been a little bit slower to. Uh, to really fine tune exactly what it is that you know that we're looking for as far as um, you know appropriate and qualified and value add investors to, to bring in to close out this round, um, which we're we're hoping to do pretty pretty quickly after after Labor Day, um, and yeah we're we're growing we're hiring I'm looking to bring in uh, some some new technical talent, um, and uh, yeah so that that's what's next for us. Um, as far as getting in touch with us, um, you can always visit our website at sitparker.com. That's S-I-T-P-A-R-T-E-R.com. Um, I don't know whether or not this is a good idea, but people can also reach out to me directly. It's pretty simple. Email address is just Daniel at sitparker.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's that. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Shit. We got nothing. Did I do that? Oh my god. Did we? No, nothing. Really? <laughs>